binging, a reason that so many folks reach out for help and an incredibly common eating experience. I'm Nadia Felsch, nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor. In this podcast, we explore the practical aspects of leaving the diet mentality behind and finding your own food and body freedom. And today I'll be covering my top five strategies to tackle binge eating. So grab yourself a pen and paper if you like, and if you're walking, maybe get ready to take some notes on your phone, or you might want to come back to this at a time where you can really feel private and kind of really take the time to take these messages in. Or if none of that applies to you and you are like me, a listen to podcasts while I walk kind of person, that is totally okay as well. The first note that I'm going to invite you to take down is actually a code and the code is podcast fam. You'll learn later on in the episode what to do with that code. So really, I guess the place I think is so important to start is a little self-reflection of why you think it is that binge eating occurs. And the reality here is that it's very rarely one element or one piece of information about why binge eating occurs. And it's more likely to be some compounded aspects about your life, about your life experiences that have led to binge eating being a part of your eating experience. And you are not stuck here. I really can't tell you enough how normal this experience is for folks. And and I say that so that you hopefully feel less alone and to try and reduce some of the stigma that goes along with binge eating, particularly if you live in a large or fat body. So really the work of tackling binge eating and my top five strategies, the same ones that I use with my clients, they are both preventative and aftercare. So we're going to have three preventative strategies and we're going to have two aftercare strategies. And all of these together work to provide healing and to provide growth away from binge eating behavior. And so get ready because I'm about to hit you up with strategy number one. We're getting straight into it today. The first strategy, the fundamental core aspect is to eat enough food. The thing is that binge eating is commonly contributed to at least by a level of restriction. Now that can be amount of food, that can be the types of foods that we're really seeking, and it can also be restriction in other parts of our life, but we will get to that in a moment. The thing that you really need to kind of hear here is that without enough food, and I've talked about this on the pod before, the body actually perceives that as a threat. It is a threat to your survival and it will respond accordingly. So that might feel like we have this insatiable appetite and focus on food. And guess why that exists? Because it's our body, our really clever body that loves us so much is just trying to get us to eat. I've talked about this specific neuropeptide before. So we have this this cool little neuropeptide called neuropeptide Y. Also, how many times can you say neuropeptide in a sentence or a conversation? So we increase how much of this we produce to get us to try and eat and preferably to eat carbohydrates. So you might've noticed that if you haven't been eating enough or you've been tired as on top of that, that you might be drawn to certain types of foods that may have a higher carb amount. And so all of this is happening at the same time as your body's actually slowing down. And that can feel really shitty. That can feel like hunger. 
And so the, the thing that needs to be really, really reiterated here is that without enough food, the body is perceiving a threat. And that's why we can focus so much on food simply to get us to eat, not because we are out of control. So that first preventative strategy is eating when you're hungry. And that is going to look something like something different for all of us. And guess what? If already you're saying, well, I don't even know when I'm hungry or hunger is challenging for me, or I'm not sure what that feels like in my body. There's some clues about some other work that very likely needs to be done and work that you are worthy of. So strategy number two, also a preventative strategy. This is the concept that actually is an intuitive eating concept, and this is called unconditional permission to eat all foods. And unconditional, folks, this is really important. That word is integral because here's the other element of restriction. When we feel out of control around food, that is driven by restriction. And that can be for a lot of people because we're not eating what we really want to eat. We have so many damn fucking rules about how we're meant to eat and what we're meant to eat. You know, just this weekend, I had someone coming onto my page, my anti-diet page by a qualified health professional who's so excited and passionate about helping people feel more empowered around food. And this person comes and tells me, processed sugar is so bad for your mind and body. I mean, come on. These messages are everywhere. So what tends to happen is that we restrict foods that we think we're not meant to eat. We restrict foods we've been told are bad for us, that are toxic, that are unhealthy. And maybe, in fact, especially if we have been stigmatized because of the way we eat and because of the way our body is, our body size, that restriction can feel like the only way to cope. And what that does immediately is drive how much we focus on the food. Maybe we have cravings for the food. And then we are way, more, way, 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 way more likely to binge on that food. Then we feel shame and then we go back to restrict. So this is actually called the binge restrict cycle. I've also talked about that on the pod before. So preventative strategy number two is to eat what you truly want. This is just incredibly powerful to experience. And I have the privilege of seeing people do this and see what happens in their life, see the literal magic transformation. So the final preventative strategy, this is going to be possibly a little different than you've heard before. This is called feeling safe. You have to feel safe. So let me, let me dig into this a little bit more with you. So binging, in fact, you know what? Eating behavior in general, every single eating behavior has a function. It has a purpose. It is you trying to have your needs met. And I can't say this enough to you that you are not doing anything wrong by binging. You have nothing to be ashamed about. You are not weak. You are not broken. You are actually not out of control. I offer that that behavior has a function. It can offer us what is considered like a faux sense, like faux fur, like a faux sense of regulation where we don't have true regulation in our body, in our nervous system, in our stress response. I know this can be a lot to take in and I know that this can be really challenging because let's be honest, society is incredibly anti-fat and what goes along with that, even if we are in a straight sized body like myself, there are all these assumptions about what it is to eat so-called too much food and that's where a lot of this shame exists. That in itself can be incredibly stressful to live with. And so again, binging may very well be a very functional behavior for you and is also one that you want to change. And that's remarkable. 
We have a nervous system. We each have a nervous system. And that responds both to what's going on inside of us and outside of us. And we can't spend our whole lives being, you know, completely okay and completely grounded. We can't. It's impossible. We would die. We need stress in our body. We need to get the fuck out of the way if a car is going to hit us. We need to check out sometimes when life is too much. But what tends to happen is sometimes we we get stuck in those states and binge eating is a way we maybe are trying to get out. We're trying to feel better. So preventative strategy number three is to feel safe and really understand how you can care for yourself, sending yourself towards what feels okay for you. And again, that is very likely going to take some other additional support. All right. So before we move on to the aftercare strategies, the final two strategies, just going to do a quick check-in. First of all, if you've gone away, you're distracted, you're thinking about a million other things you have going on. I hear you, I see you, and I invite you to come back. And also to remember the code I shared earlier at the top of the episode, podcast fam. You're very, very, very soon going to learn what to do with that. So strategy number four, we're now moving into aftercare because here's the, here's the reality. You are not going to listen to this podcast. You are not even going to work with someone and then just be done with binging. It doesn't work like that. Well, at least not quickly. So it's important that we have some aftercare in place because this is where actually I start to see huge progress with clients who are working on their binge eating experiences. So strategy number four, first aftercare one is self-compassion. And I have talked about self-compassion here on the pod with Dr. Alexis Connison, who's a psychologist way back. You know what? I can't even remember the episode, maybe number seven, way back then. So 30 episodes ago. I'm going to be really honest. I historically struggled with the concept of self-compassion. I truthfully, hand on heart, I thought it was soft. It was weak. It was giving up. It was not striving. And now my incredibly self-compassionate eyes see that as, wow, was I struggling? Wow, was I putting myself through so much? And so I really can't, I can't speak enough to the power of self-compassion, both personally and professionally, because what it offers you is a kind perspective. And you know what? You freaking deserve that especially when you might've just binged and you feel terrible physically, emotionally. So instead in those challenging moments, self-compassion gives you a chance to be kind and to truly care for yourself where you are at, because you do deserve it. We all deserve it. Not, not like we're not exempt from it just because we ate so much food that we feel sick. That doesn't like denounce your need for self-compassion. And one of the coolest things about this is we start to have this ability to self-soothe ourselves, and that actually plays really big time into the previous strategy about safety. It gives us some perspective, which is really necessary. It can even support how uncomfortable you feel physically because now you're looking for strategies to support yourself because you think you're worth it. And it also plays into our final strategy, but I'll get to that in a moment. So, A way that you can start to do this, strategy four, aftercare of self-compassion. If you, like I was years ago, so freaking new to this idea and you're scoffing right now and laughing at this episode, that's cool. I see you. What would you say to a friend? What would you say to someone that you love who, who was dealing with this, who was in this position? Because you need to start saying that to yourself. So the final strategy, 
I said that strategy four leads into strategy five. Aren't I clever? (laughs) Strategy number five is curiosity. Curiosity is your best friend. It is what will allow you to grow, is what will allow you to see the perspective that maybe self-compassion gave you in that situation. And instead, you can start getting curious about your experience. Like, hey, what's been happening for me? What was going on that day? You know, like, where was I at? What do I need? And here's, here's the, the, the really beautiful kind of intersection of all of these strategies. When we feel safe and when we can be kind to ourselves, curiosity is possible. If we are in shame and we are in just trying to cope and get through things because everything is so overwhelming, curiosity is just like over the freeway, not even part of our existence, can't even see it is so far away. So strategy number five, aftercare. What can I learn from this experience? What is going on for me? These are some incredibly curious questions to ask yourself and remember knowing that these build on each other. You don't just get to be curious whilst you're saying, I'm gross, look what I did again. None of that is curious, none of that is kind and none of that will take you where you wanna go. So in summary, strategy number one, eat enough food. Strategy number two is unconditional permission to eat all foods. Strategy number three is to feel safe. Strategy number four is to have self-compassion. And the final strategy, number five, is curiosity. These are the exact same strategies that I teach inside of all of my programs. So both my group programs and my one-on-one coaching. They are the same strategies that, that I see clients using to reduce the frequency of binging in their lives, sometimes altogether removing that part of their eating experience. And all of that allowing for a calmer and more empowered and peaceful relationship to food. Imagine less binging without feeling like you can't have certain foods at home, without having to cut your favorite foods out of your life and all the while feeling more in control of how you feel around food. My top tools to do this, the exact ones I teach my one-on-one clients, are what I teach inside my top five strategies to tackle binge eating masterclass, expanding on the pillars in this episode and digging into their application to help you go from binging and feeling out of control around food to more calm and in control. This class is your highest value option to learn my best binge eating protection tools and strategies for under $30. And you can grab this on-demand self-paced masterclass via the link in your podcast player or via my website, which is nadiafelsch.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for joining me. See you next time.